Uh, interesting, I was processing in my office this morning in prayer, and I'm going to throw a scripture out because I actually think it can wrap into what we just sang. Exodus chapter 7, starting in verse 8. It's interesting because this is uh, when Aaron's rod, his staff, uh, miraculously changed. Um, the interesting thing about the staff, when Moses had a staff, Aaron had a staff or a rod, it's something back in, in, in biblical days that, that a person would start to make as they were younger. And what kind of when they became manhood or walked in a, uh, I was like 12 or 13 years old back then, so, you know, they, they'd have this, they'd make this rod or this staff, and it became the power of testimony. They whittled, uh, inscribed a lot of testimony all over it, things that they had conquered, things that they had defeated, things that they had done, um, was whittled onto these, these rod, these wooden staffs. And so when we read this, think of this staff as testimony. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, this is about the plagues in Egypt. Verse 9, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Interesting that it's show a miracle for yourselves. So Pharaoh is tempting Aaron and Moses about miracles. So show a miracle for yourself. It's an interesting phrase and an interesting statement because many people in the church believe a move of God is happening when they see a miracle. And I want to talk a little bit about this miraculous thing that happened because I think we need to grasp an understanding for this new season, this new year that we're in and the future seasons to come that we shouldn't be looking for a sign. We shouldn't be looking for a miracle. We should be entering into his presence because in his presence is the depth of everything supernatural that could happen around us. Without his presence, it just becomes a miracle without a change or a shift or impact within a life. So Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves. It's <laughs> interesting. It's kind of like an unbeliever in here saying, Brent, show a miracle for yourself. Get behind me, Satan, we might say, but you know, it's like... It's an interesting statement. Then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Verse 10. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so, just as the Lord had commanded. So God wants Moses and Aaron to show a miracle to a king who actually had them all held in captivity. They were slaves. <laughs> it's kind of like in this season of life right now, if you feel a little bit held captive, God's saying, do a miracle. Don't go in to see the king with the mindset of a slave. Go in and see the king with the mindset of a miracle that's going to happen. When we live today in some form of, we call freedom, uh, democracy, but I kind of think we're getting to be a little bit more like slaves. I truly believe that the enemy wants us to live with an Egyptian slavery mentality. But you see, the Egyptians had the, had the Israelites under this, this slavery and God wanted to release them to the promised land, but he couldn't release the people, the Israelites, too soon because they didn't know how to live without a slave mentality. So Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. He threw down his testimony, let's bring it into New Testament, he literally threw down, he literally lived what he had inscribed, his testimony. He lived it, he threw it down at the feet of kings of this world and other sorcerers and magicians. 
other prophets, other pro- whatever, bad prophets. Verse 11, but Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So Pharaoh actually wasn't that impressed with your testimony. I think the Lord Aaron didn't just kind of pick the rod up and run with his tail between his legs back out. So Pharaoh calls the wise men and sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt... They also did in like manner with their enchantments. <laughs> Here's Moses and Aaron in front of the king in the palace. Very intimidating. And they're really slaves in the eyes of everyone in that room. And Aaron gets bold. I'm speaking because I want this to apply possibly to some of us. He gets bold because he just felt the strength of God in him. And in front of all these people, and the king, he throws down his rod. His testimony, powerful. And it turns into a snake. Aaron, Moses had his rod turn the snake earlier in, in these chapters. And now it's Aaron's. And I bet Aaron was like, but it didn't phase the king it's almost like he had seen it before and all his sorcerers they come and they throw their rods down and they all become snakes as well Whoa, 200, 300 snakes to one. I don't know how many there were, 50, 20, I don't know. But you see, Moses and Aaron had heard a voice of God speak to them. They had such faith to believe that God wanted to release the people. That I don't know if fear was in their hearts at that moment. I know it was in Moses' originally because he's not a good speaker. And so his older brother was invited to come along with him. Maybe Moses stuttered. Maybe I'm not sure what it was, but he, he wasn't an eloquent speaker. But there's Aaron, the older brother. And at that point... I believe a lot of people in life give up or they get overcome by the other serpents. But look at this, the end of verse 12. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. <laughs> you know what? The enemy has tricks. He knows the supernatural. I felt in my heart that we need to be careful and cautious. That we must throw our testimony down. In other words, we make it known. But don't be freaked out if something supernatural happens on the demonic side. Just as, as we were singing this morning at the end near Joy. And Rianne talked about, you know... Uh, they actually got scammed, like their credit card was taken and, and emptied or their accounts were emptied or whatever it was. How do you find joy in the middle of that? Well, you choose it. You choose it. We were praying. I remember hearing about it. We were praying intensely. And you know what? People stepped up and they were blessed over and above of what they had in the account. <laughs> really? Your little serpent came to try to eat mine? Are you kidding me? You know how big mine is compared to my mouth was like, uh, like we'll swallow 200 attacks at one time. See, the battle of the supernatural was still at war here in Old Covenant, but Jesus Christ became the answer. I just want to pray. Um, Tom King just passed away. Uh, that's Kathy King's husband and... Um, 
Karen Ann Stanzik's dad in the family. So let's just pray quickly. He's been suffering for a long time, and so now he has no more pain. Father, we just bless the King family, Stanzik family right now in Jesus' name. We know, Lord God, <laughs> that the enemy didn't take him, that, he, that Tom was transferred from glory to glory, and he is dancing and rejoicing with no more pain in his body in Jesus' name. We thank you. Bless them as a family, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The next verse is super important. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. When we live in the power of our testimony and we walk on this earth, there are other testimonies on the wrong side that will come at you. Wrong things, wrong arrows, wrong words, wrong individuals, wrong situations will come at you. But when you have scribed so many things in your own testimony onto this rod that when you cast it down, whether it becomes a snake or it becomes a, 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 a garbage truck mulcher, don't even know what that is, but what, what could, uh, one of those uh, tree chippers, you know, those things that you put branches in and, brrr, and it, spits out, it spits out the chips and then you can use the chips to use for compost area around your plants and make it grow better. That's what we are if we live with power of testimony of Jesus Christ. Whatever bad comes at us, it gets chewed up, spit out, and we actually can use it as compost around the plants and the trees to grow a stronger field for the glory of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Well, you know what? Our enemy's heart is hard, and it ain't going to get soft. He's been doomed and condemned, that devil. He's doomed and condemned. He does not have the right and he does not have the authority unless you and I don't throw our rod down in front of our life, our testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, it's, it's like you don't take it out and throw it down. You actually throw yourself down as a testimony in front of the enemy. And then God prepares a banqueting table for you. And you get to sit there and eat king's food in front of your enemy because the power of testimony that gets revealed in Jesus' name. They were able, these, these men were able to duplicate supernatural things. And I bring a caution in these times and seasons and seasons ahead that we need to know the power of the true testimony of God and make sure that we don't look at the power and testimony of the enemy. Because the power and the testimony of the enemy, that devil probably knows his Bible better than most every one of us in here. And with all of the, the social media and things that are happening online and whatnot, everyone's a preacher now. Even doctorates, people are throwing around doctrine. I'm a doctorate of such and such. Really? What did you do? Well, I took an online course for a weekend. Back in my day and age... I got my Master of Divinity, a doctorate took 20 years. <laughs> because character had to go along with it. The title only named the character. It listed who you are. Instead of running out to find a title to find your identity, your identity brings the title. Hmm. Anyways, okay, that wasn't what I was going to share on, but let's get going. Kidding kidding. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1, 1 to 2. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. If you are raised with Christ, if, you're, if your staff, your rod is Christ Jesus in you, it's the power of testimony of what he's done for you, don't be looking around to learn and to grow. Instead, be looking up where he's seated at the right hand of God right now. Because when we get so worked up with the things around, our staff starts to shrink, I believe, in authority. And it becomes lesser and lesser. And the worst thing to do is in front of that enemy or that devil that's coming at you is to have your staff so small that you throw it down, he laughs. Because he's like, well, hold it, there's not much Christ in you. You see, the actions of who we are dictate the power of our testimony. It's not our position. 
I know many, many great men and women of God who have stood on a platform and behind a pulpit who have had sin in their life and still did miracles but were living in complete sin. Because the enemy understands the supernatural as well. But God, through Jesus Christ, his son, and his resurrected power, has the authority over heaven and on earth. The question is, what level of authority do you and I walk in on this earth? How big is that rod and your staff? Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. You know, and older days, I was going to say the old times, probably 30 years ago, they didn't have to deal with the amount of information that we have to deal with. It's stressful watching all the news and social media and stuff. It's like, and then people put on, you know, hey, I'm fasting from social media. I'm like, yeah, but you spend too much time in the first place. It's a good thing. I don't know if that's called fasting, but it's called just watch what your eyes see and your ears hear. But that's okay. If you feel the fast from social media, go for it. Spend time with the Lord. If you take the same amount of time, look at your last screen time for a week or two weeks or a month. And if it's more, you know, 53 hours, then spend that much time with the Lord for the next month. (laughs) Things that are common in the world are not necessarily common and normal to the kingdom of God. And we're being taught about things that are common. It's normal to be what we're living in right now in this pandemic. No, it isn't. It's normal to wear masks. Actually, no, it's not. That wasn't common two years ago. (laughs) We didn't even think about it. This is how fast things change in two years. Now we're sort of excited because, you know, oh, well, we can, can, you know, do some church now. That's become our, our new normal. No. No, the things of this earth don't change your normality. If they do, then you're based too much on earth than you are in heaven. It's the things of heaven that create our normality. It's his kingdom come, his will be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. It has nothing to do with what's happening on earth. It has everything to do with what's in you and how are you presenting it, how are you living it, how are you believing it, and how are you walking this earth in the power of testimony? Have you walked in such a way that you have thrown your rod down, your staff down every single day for this last year? Things that are common in this world are not common in the kingdom. We must not normalize common things that are not normal. Luke chapter 8, verse 11 to 15. Luke 8, starting in verse 11. Now the parable is this. This is Jesus speaking. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word or your faith out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Those on the wayside are the ones who hear And then the devil comes and takes away their faith, takes away the word, word is implying faith, out of their hearts. The devil's coming and robbing the faith out of people's hearts. Well, we need to slam the door shut to the devil so he can't get close to us because fear is is like flies on rotting meat to maggots. The devil's the maggot and your fear is like flies on rotting meat. And I want to tell you something. We are not called to walk in fear. We're to call in to walk in authority and power of the kingdom of God in us by the name of Jesus Christ. That when we walk on this earth every day, we are throwing down our testimony in front of the devil. And if that devil tries to do the same thing, we eat it up. Verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. But they have no root. They're on a rock. Who believe for a while, and in the time of temptation, or that word temptation is adversity, fall away. So I want to ask us here today. Let's, as we read the scripture, who are we? Are we by the wayside? We're ones who hear. We just sort of 
float around, walk around, kind of just on the fringe of the outside. I want to say like the people in the back row. I'm just kidding. No, it's not the back row. I'm just totally joking. I'm totally joking. Totally joking. You could be in the front row for a show. Yeah, but look how holy I am. I'm in the front row. Ha, 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 ha. Is anyone in here or watching online right now by the wayside and you hear the word, but for some reason, the devil comes and steals it out of your heart? You just can't quit that sin. And the devil does it at the end of verse 12, so you don't believe and be saved. The ones on the rock, yeah, I'm on the rock. When they hear, they receive the word with joy. They're, they're, the, they're the joy club that, that comes and has such emotional swings throughout the week. It's unbelievable. Sunday morning, they're up front. They're dancing. They're singing. They're joyous. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The party's here. I mean, I am the party. And then they go out and have like a hangover the rest of the week. They're grumpy, they're miserable, they're in fear. I call them the ones that are receiving the root on the rock. Not the rock, the word. I'm talking their heart, their life is so hard that the seed sits on the surface, but there's no place for it to grow the root. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation or adversity fall away. Verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with the cares. That word cares is anxiety and distraction and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, but the ones that fell, the seeds that fell on good ground are those, those are the people having heard the word. In other words, keep the faith. They keep it and they bear fruit with patience. With patience. to be patient and wait on the Lord. Because when we wait in patience on the Lord, He renews our strength. And we mount up on wings as eagles. Fly and not get weary. <laughs> Luke chapter 8. 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. We're not coming here this morning for a glory club. <laughs> there was a rich, thick presence of God in this house this morning, as there is every week. Yeah, but I don't feel it like I feel it other week. That's not because it's not here. That's because of you. We're two or more gathered in his name. He is there with us. Honestly, we should be able to come in here, have no music, no worship, no nothing, and enter into his presence. Because his presence is a choice. If it only comes to you through an emotional experience, then you'll be jumping from emotional experience to emotional experience, and you are not on good ground. You can't run roots deep. 
You're on a rock, bouncing around, blowing from one rock to another to another, one emotion to another emotion. God is not looking for an emotional church. He's looking for a bride that loves Him unconditionally. No matter what emotional state they're in, they will never fail and they will never ever quit the, the, the covenant with Christ Jesus. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 8, verse 17. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Whoops. Nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to the light. Verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him more will be given and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. It's interesting because the second part of the verse almost sounds mean. But you have to look at what's being spoken here. That if you cover your light, then there's parts of this verse that mean something to you. But if you don't cover your light, your testimony, your rod, your staff, and you walk on this earth as the light of Jesus Christ, then you have more. And more will be given. But just because you come to this building doesn't mean you're shining the light. believe God is calling his bride into being light on this earth. Because if you don't have, then even what you seem to have, or what you show people by who you are, who, who you want them to think you are, then you'll have less and more will be taken away from you. Be careful how you hear and how you listen. Many times we question what we see, but I wanna ask you, do you question how you see? Well, I see this. Yeah, but how are you seeing it? What's in you? Well, I hear this, but how do you hear? Are you hearing because your, your minds are full of head knowledge? Are you seeing because your minds are full of head knowledge? Well, that's kind of like the Pharisees and Sadducees. God never, Jesus never rebuked the Pharisees and Sadducees for their knowledge. He rebuked them for their knowledge, yet not applying it in their life. I want to ask you, when we walk into this house, what do you hear and what do you see? If you say, well, I just sense the presence, that's fine. Just remember, if you come in again and don't sense the presence, there's nothing we did different. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you don't sense it, and look inside and say, how do I see and what do I see? How do I hear and what do I hear? Because this year and these years to come, we don't have the option to just be mediocre Christians. I believe more will be taken away from you if you are. God is looking for an army to rise up, walk in the power and the authority of his name, that as you walk, you carry the power of your testimony. And when the fog of this world and all the junk of this world come, your testimony is thrown down in front of it to consume it fertilize the things around I was thinking of the fog this morning I know last night we had a fog warning in Abbotsford 
as a captain and a boating instructor from years ago, I'm very aware of fog. I've sailed off the West Coast before where on our 40-foot sailboat, and my wife and little kids, and I woke up in the morning at anchor and I couldn't see the bow of the boat. That's 40 feet away, so foggy. But we had to go, we knew we had to go. I didn't have radar at the time either. And you learn very quickly how to heighten your senses on how to see even though it's foggy. How to hear even though there's hardly any other noise. How to read your charts and know them inside and out where the shallows are, where the reefs and the rocks are, and where the deep water is. I want to encourage us. If you've been feeling a little foggy lately, or you just feel the world's a little foggy, guess what? The light needs to be shining bright. When I flew up to Alberta, it was pouring rain and had just above freezing. It was actually, it was, that's right, it was freezing rain because my truck had like a half an inch of ice on it. I left a few hours early just to make sure I could get into the airport. And as soon as our plane took off from Vancouver Airport, we got above the clouds, I posted a couple pictures on social media. Wow, the sun was shining. It was so bright gorgeous blue sky, just white clouds like snow, but underneath that was the storms of life. It felt like the Lord encouraging us and asking us, maybe we just need to fly higher. Maybe we just need to get above the storms, get out of the fog. You want to get out of fog, just go up out of a storm just go up if you don't go up then you're going to hang out in it and you're going to wait for some other person or natural phenomena to change and i believe god is saying it's not time to wait for somebody else to bring you a miracle it's time to be the miracle yourself that yeah you can sleep in the back of a boat in the middle of a storm if you can't you'll be freaked out and bailing the water or calm the storm Let's all stand. Romans 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Why? So you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So many times we want to renew and transform our mind out of selfishness. But your testimony isn't for your selfishness. Your testimony is to literally transform the world around us. And a renewed mindset doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone in your sphere of influence around you. It becomes the power of testimony. When we have a transformed mind, when we walk with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in us, you live in hope, not hope BC. Heaven forbid you live out, I'm just kidding, that's a great little town. So any thought in your mind that does not inspire hope, it's rooted in a lie. So that's how you know if you're in hope. If you're thinking things and it doesn't bring you to hope, then you're listening to a lie. Transform mind means the impossible seems reasonable. 
When you see an impossible situation, you expect God to do a miracle, and many times God expects you to do it. Living in a transformed mind, you live in peace, you don't worry, and your speculations are always positive. Not speculations that are negative all the time. That's not a transformed mind. That's a mind of the earth. Oh, we're doom and gloom. Canada's destroyed, got no more freedom. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Well, tell you what you're gonna do. Quit living on how Canada is and live how God's kingdom is. And rise up people or yourself and go change our laws and bring our government back on track. Transform minds. You actually like yourself and rejoice in your weaknesses. Knowing when you're weak, he is strong. A transformed mind, you're quick to forgive and you freely give others grace and mercy. An untransformed mind, you live in unforgiveness and you want to condemn the sinner or the Christian that fell or heaven forbid, a leader that fell and hurt you you won't let it go. You know what? Your mind is not transformed. A transformed mind, you're confident and thankful. Thankfulness protects you from pride. It's no longer, see what I did. Wow, did you see what I did? No, it's thank God for what you did in my life. A transformed mind, you believe in others and give them the benefit of the doubt. Our first thought should never be to somebody else what they've done wrong. Our first thought should always be who God created them to be and what they're ready to do and accomplish. Some of you in this place, maybe watching online, have allowed a few snakes to pass the shield and the sword in your life. You need to let them go right now and throw them out of your life in Jesus' name. Just say, God, no more. No more. I don't want this anymore. I will defeat that devil in every area of my life in Jesus' name. Some of you need to just be more testimony to the people around you. In your workplace, in your business, and job and school in your family to never ever let your moral standards go down to try to cause peace or create peace in a situation no no some of us have built pride on our own testimony And today, that pride is time to throw it down at the altar, the foot of the cross. Say, God, I am who you called me to be and whom you created me to be. By your strength, by your will, be done in my life. I want to ask you today, Maybe something's in you that you just feel that something needs to shift and change. I'm going to ask you to come up forward real quick here as we close. There's something that needs to shift and change. Maybe you just, you're hungry, but you're not hungry enough. I don't always call people up, but I feel like today we need to break in this new carpet. I'm kidding. I implore you, process something I need to change something I need to shift I'm hungry I need more can I ask you to come up now come up now I actually see up here a banqueting table neat thing about a banqueting table is that it's never a table of condemnation and it's never a table of shame it's actually a table placed before your enemies they can't eat but you can 
That means that you can eat and be healthy in the middle of a storm. You can receive nourishment while the enemy is watching because guaranteed the enemy is always watching. So I feel in my heart today that there is a shifting that is happening in our mindsets. I feel like the heavens are open for an encounter, an experience of presence that isn't, isn't always felt emotionally. It's felt by knowing that you and I are sons and daughters of a king. I actually believe if you needed a miracle, you should have gotten up here. In healing, I see miracles. Even in the atmosphere right now, healing bodies right now in Jesus' name. I can see it clearly. Someone with sore, achy legs, maybe the left side. Lower backs being healed in Jesus' name. See, this is eating at the banqueting table. Doesn't mean someone has to lay a hand on you. It means let God put his hand on you in Jesus' name. How hungry are we? Are we so hungry that nothing will slow us down? Nothing will get in our way of serving and being obedient to the call of God in our life? I just, I, I feel like saying to some people here, welcome home. Feel it strong in my mind. Maybe you're new or, or or something you've been looking, but I just feel like saying in my mind, welcome home. Respiratory. We pray for the healing, the miracle right now in Jesus' name. For the respiratory functions. Someone in ministry who's here might even be from a different place. I just, I feel like the Lord is encouraging you saying, stay and stand strong for God has great things ahead, but it's going to look different. It's going to look different in Jesus' name. Is there someone visiting here today from, that does ministry elsewhere or something? I just feel it strong on my heart. Is there anybody that's visiting that does ministry elsewhere? I just want to make sure if I don't want to miss them. You guys? Yep. Where are you folks from? From Norway. Wow. I just, uh, I, I have a very clear vision in my mind for you guys. Do you mind just coming up real quick? I just want to pray for you. I don't know you. Um, I just sense in my spirit. Everyone stay, stay steady here. The reason I'm, I, I'm sensing this in my spirit, I've never met you. I don't know you folks. Other than my wife is Norwegian, so that's super exciting. Um, but I feel these scepters of gold in your hands. They're like these scepters that God has given to you for mighty works of ministry that you guys have been a part of and doing. I feel like to encourage you with a breath of fresh air been in 49 countries I've never actually been in Norway but I feel like God is waking something up I almost feel a transition in the season but the transition is good because in the transition are the next greater things that God has for both of you you speak English right you guys yeah okay and uh, I just want to encourage you I first of all I feel honored I just feel honored that someone's here from another country who's a minister I sense that we must honor the ministers that have gone before us. That's one thing our governments try to do is kind of get rid of the elder, older people. We're older because we got gray hair, so I can say that. But I feel in my heart that God is instructing us to honor each other like we never have before. Because if we lose honor, then we lose respect. When you lose respect, you continue losing honor. And I feel 
I don't see this often, and this might weird you out a bit, but I actually see both my parents in heaven. They were missionaries for over 50 years in South America, and they both with, with, with Jesus. I actually see them in a vision right now, and some of the saints that have gone before us. I just want to encourage you. I, I, I know in my heart there's something special and unique for you guys and a call of what he's called you into. And I, I know, I, I, I understand authority when I see it. I feel like I should kneel for the authority that you carry. Um, but that's old school, I guess, maybe your thoughts. But I'm doing it in my mind. So let's just put our hands out um, right now. Transitions and seasons are good. When God is with us, our transitions actually give a greater anointing. Sometimes what seems to be less is actually more. And I feel like the Lord is saying, we slow down as we mature, as we get older, we slow down to actually do more. It's kind of like when, when you're driving on icy roads and, and you're trying to accelerate too fast and your wheels are spinning, you have to actually slow down to gain traction. And I feel like the Lord is giving you traction. I feel like there's something fresh and new. There's a shifting, a transformation that's going on in your ministry. And, and you've been processing different places, different things of what you're going to do. And so we as a family, we bless you. And we say thank you, Lord, for ministers that have gone before us, that are ministering in other nations of the world. We honor them and we respect them. And we say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Um, are these? Oh, okay. I just gathered who you guys actually are. You're related to, is it Runer? Runard. Okay, wow. When you're in the presence, I was completely unaware, but welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you guys are here. So you, you've been a preacher, right? It's all over. 40, 48 years preaching. 120 countries. on television over 150 countries so now i understand why i felt i needed to kneel well i am in the spirit not out of slavery mentality but out of an honor mentality so we need to appreciate when men and women of authority walk into our house we also need to appreciate that everyone in this house is a man and a woman of authority because I see many, many ministries in this place right now that have not walked into the fullness of their calling. So, Father, we are honored. What's your name, sir? Sven Peterson. Sven Peterson. And Solvay. You have a relative named Solvay, right? Yeah, my wife. You speak, I, I wish I could speak. All I know in Norwegian is Ufta. Ufta Maida. I don't like Ludafisk. But I like rumagrout. <laughs> they eat this lutefisk stuff. It's like, I call it rotten cod. It's like dried cod soaked in lye. Yeah, my father-in-law made it all the time. And anytime you walk in the house, it smelled like rotten fish. It was unbelievable. But they're healthy. Look at them. They're strong as strong Norwegians. Sir, do you mind if I lay my hands on you? Okay. I just ask for honor. Thank you, Father, for this man and this woman who have walked into so many nations preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, who are rooted and anchored deep, deep in your love. And we are honored, we respect, and we receive from them today. Lord God, we thank you, Father. We thank you. Bless them. Even as they process future and decisions, I can see them making decisions and processing. Give them great wisdom, we pray, oh God. Give them great wisdom. We love them their family, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Cool. I feel like he needs to lay hands on all of us.
do something here today. We could bring uh, offering baskets up front. I want to make a gift, a blessing into them and their ministry. Because when we sow, we're going to sow into how many countries did you say? 100 television, 150 150 countries. All Asia, Africa, and Canada. I, you know this isn't normal, but who said church is supposed to be normal? So we're going to put these up here, and we're going to call the prayer team up, and we're going to pray. People will be able to pray with you, but I want to encourage you to give because we're sowing into something that I believe is good soil, and I know beyond a shot of a doubt, it's called honor. And when we honor and respect, expect and reap the rewards of the kingdom. Amen. You can give through Windward. We'll give you a tax receipt. If you want to give cash, that's fine too. But we want to bless them here this morning. Father, we thank you for each person here. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, your love. We thank you, Father, for the nations of the world that our own ministry goes into and the ministries of this man and woman that have reached into for so many years and are continuing to do so. I pray now for the ones. I, I feel like as we sow, so will an anointing come upon you. As we sow, so will a gifting come upon you. I, I actually, I, a tremendous healing anointing on this man. I, I see miracles happening. And I feel like as we honor, we give, we sow, we honor in respect. We get to receive in Jesus' name the fires of God, of revival in this house, in this family. In Jesus' name we pray. I don't want to end. I want to keep going. If you want prayer, there's people up here for prayer. And I really hope we see you guys next week. Love you and be blessed.